listening to The Bannerman, an L.A. Kings podcast. So last we left you, we had determined that we would not have a full, true emotional attachment to the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade until we saw what would be the full roster, the final roster. I don't know if we're there yet, but we're pretty damn close. This is Caro. How are you tonight, Vardy? Hey, buddy. I'm doing okay. It's been a while. I'm uh, adjusting. I'm I'm seeing the roster for what it's going to be. Uh, seeing some evolution of contracts for us and for other people. It's it's been an eventful the last couple of weeks. I would say. I think the first two weeks after our last episode, I thought it was ah, it's not a whole lot going on, and then. I don't know. A few things happened. So now we have something to talk about, which is nice. Yeah. And still barely anything. So that's, that's all right. That's what, <laughs> that's what, that's what so July's these months for, do, man. man. Like, yeah, July to like mid August is just the sleepy season, as mm-hmm. we say. Uh, mm-hmm. Most free agents are signed, even though there are a couple floating around. There's a lot that are still, still out there. Yeah. There's yeah, a lot of names that I names, thought would be bigger names, too. Tarasenko yeah. being. He's having an interesting firing of the agent, right? Finding a new representation in the middle of, I think he was negotiating with Carolina. Carolina's name just keeps coming up. Apparently, Carlson's still going to go there somehow. Yeah, Carlson, Tarasenko, maybe Dumbo will go there too. Just just everyone, everyone, just go to Carolina. Yeah, yeah. So, so we'll see what happens. Nothing's going. Nothing more I expect from Kingsland, which is what. The most important or most significant thing to us is currently, but we the Kings did sign some bodies, some <laughs> warm-blooded hockey players. I would say <laughs> they signed two goaltenders. I think that's a good place to start because I think one of the main things we were talking about after the trade was like, yes, let's see the final roster or what might be the final roster, but the key thing was like let's see who they sign in net or who, who they acquire to be their goaltender. Mm-hmm. And we got our answer in the form of big save Dave. Dave Riddick, officially a member of the LA Kings, a goaltender I have made fun of hundreds of times <laughs> over the last few years, calling him big Civ Dave at times. Hey. See what I did there? I'm clever. Going to stop making that joke. Maybe keep keep that one in your back pocket. Yeah, that's the last one <laughs> for me. Um, Cam Talbot signed by or the Sham teams. Talbot. No, 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 no. Didn't do that one. We're not doing. Okay, good. No, no. I respect Cam Talbot. I kind of always have. Uh, but the Kings signed him to a what is it? One by one. <laughs> Has anyone ever said that <laughs> a one by one deal that? <laughs> With bonuses With to come bonuses if he plays more than 10 over. games. Yes, which he yeah. will. Spoilers. Well, that's kind of the key, right? Is uh, That's the beauty of these 35-year-olds. Right? Yeah. You, and any bonus gets rolled over to the next year's cap, which is which is why the deal was signed the way it was. That's the genius, the cap, you know, gymnastics there. I want to ask you how you feel about these signings. Uh-huh. But a part of me thinks I know. But you know better. (laughs) But I'm going to ask you anyway. Because Uh, what are we doing if we're not asking these these, uh, tough questions, Vardy? How do you feel about these two signings? 
they're goalies. They sure that's, that's are. About, that's about that's about all I can really say. I mean, um, look, they're they're getting Talbot coming off of was he in Ottawa for two years or one year? I forget now, but coming off of a horrible season, injury plagued season, and uh, reportedly now feeling good. <laughs> which is which is always what what you hear with these free agent signings. I was I was really bad last year and I was really injured, but now I feel great and I'm I'm ready to get back at it and show what I still got. I mean, you could you could copy paste that quote for so many uh, free agent guys. Um, one season in Ottawa, two previously in Minnesota, and he was okay in Minnesota. He was not bad in Minnesota at all. But uh, yeah, no, he was good. From about 2019 to 2022. That's with yeah. Calgary. One year in Calgary, two years in Minnesota. All those years, uh, a save percentage of 0.91 or higher. Yeah. So that's 0. 0.919, 0. 0.915, 0. 0.911. And a sub three goals against. So that's respectable. That's what, sh- that's what you need. Right. Right. And we've, we've said this a couple of times that if the Kings were getting goaltending of that level in the first two months of last season, then I think the, uh, you know, their, their end of end of the year standings might've been slightly different. Um, but you know, the injury question marks remain. He is 36 years old. I don't think anyone is counting on him being a stalwart in net and playing 60 plus games. If that were to happen, something very horrific must must have happened to Phoenix Copley and and David Riddick for that to likely happen. Um, whether it'll be a platoon system or whether you know they go back and forth, one two or hot hand hot hand. I I, I don't know. I don't know how many games they expect Talbot to play. Frankly, we don't even know if Talbot. I mean, I'm assuming Talbot's going to be the second goaltender, but the fact that they brought on Riddick, another guy who's got NHL games and was an NHL backup last season, um, I don't know. I, I guess we'll see which one of those two ends up making making the team at the end of camp, but look, they're, they're clearly not long-term solutions in that, right? Like these are, these are all one-year solutions. Um, even Copley's only signed to a one-year deal. Maybe that's a bit a bit more of him showing that he can be the guy he was last year, and then figuring out if there's uh, there's another contract coming after that. Uh, but I I don't I don't think anyone's deluding themselves into thinking that Cam Talbot and Riddick are 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 going to be here a very long time. It seems very much like a one season kind of gig in my mind for both of these guys. Yes, I don't. I don't think either either of those guys are going past uh, the one year contract. In terms of who's going to make the team, I mean, I think it's going to be Cam Talbot. I think Riddick is to solidify. Uh, you know, all the Kings men. Jesse has in the in previous episodes has mentioned the the three G or the third goaltender. I think that's what that's what Riddick is going to be in this case. It's the organization's the big club's third goaltender. That's that's why they brought mm-hmm. him in, um, and I think that's why 
And you need that kind of goalie, as we've seen over the years, um, especially with Cam Talbot's injury history. It's good to have an NHL goaltender available to you in case something goes terribly wrong, which, you know, you got three guys on one-year deals. I expect at some point Riddick is going to play games. Mm -hmm. Is he going to play more than five? I don't know, but I would not be surprised if he plays games at some point. So, Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair to say. How do you feel about the goaltending? I mean, does this inspire confidence on your part? Um, confidence is a big word. <laughs> I'm I'm fine with it. It's it. I think it'll do. I think what I really think is that there's a goalie out there that's going to be on this team post trade deadline. I don't know who. Mm-hmm. You could speculate. There's the obvious names. You know, we don't have to get into that. But I I do think the that the tandem of Copley and Talbot is not how the Kings finish this season. And I don't mean Riddick is coming up to save the day. I think there's a goaltender outside the organization that if the Kings can just get to the deadline and be in a good position, I think the team will explore every every avenue to solidify the goaltending going to the playoffs. And I fully expect that there will be a trade. If I were to guess, my expectation is there, there will be a trade at the deadline for a goaltender. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. It's just like get to, I don't know, what the benchmarks of a season are. Like the first 25 games, you see where you're at, um, Mm -hmm. and then 50, and then deadline, right? So Mm -hmm. get to those points, and I think at the deadline, the Kings can probably look to solidify a little bit more. So I'm not overly concerned. I'm not – I think Cam Talbot's fine, man. I think he's – yes, he's older. Um, He did not have a good season, even if you take away the injuries – he played 36 games. His save percentage was 0.89. Ottawa was not good, defensively right. speaking, not a good right. defensive team. I feel fine with it. And uh, some interviews I listened to, Jesse did a couple of interviews with Minnesota and Winnipeg people about these goalies, and I felt the Minnesota one <clears throat> talking about Talbot kind of made me positive about it or just mm-hmm. fine with it. Seems like a high-character individual will always – work hard, will always do and say the right things, a a true professional. So I think that's a good enough tandem for the Kings right now. I mean, again, I look, I'm not deluding myself into thinking that Phoenix Copley is some ridiculously talented goaltender that the Kings just discovered. I mean, clearly the team in front of him played well enough where all he had to do was be competent and the, the team's results followed. So I think that as long as the Kings can play the way that they did last year in front of Copley, then I would expect similar results in front of Copley, in front of Talbot, in front of whoever might be in net for them. Um, really, the big concern on my end is, is again, playoff stuff. You know, like it, it's, it's, it's kind of the same. It's always easy when you're playing a different team every night. Right. There's there's a little chance for the goalie to adjust. It's not the same strategies. It's not the same players coming at you. Playoffs is a totally different animal. And I think we saw that last year where even Corpusolo was tremendous in the first two, three games, but clearly wave after wave of the Oilers and eventually they figured him out. And so that's that's my concern is having a goalie that is solid enough that they can hold up against uh, consistent pressure from a team across the course of a seven-game series. That's really it. 
like I said, I expect some other right. goal. It'll be, to it be might be, exactly. yeah. it might be some other guy. Yeah. And just looking at what was available for goaltenders. Totally. If, Absolutely. Yeah. If you're looking at if the Kings were going to go 1 million and that was kind of like their cap, like, I don't know if you could do better than Cam Talbot. Honestly, like for a one year, 1 million, I, I don't remember what everyone signed for, but there, there were a couple, like, I think the Delkovich went higher than that. If I, yeah, I mean, he went he one, one five, right. Right. And, and even that, that 500,000 is huge. Well, yeah, I mean, the Kings were, were were basically like one mil was the most they could offer anyone. And even that was a stretch for a lot of the guys they ended up signing. But to your point, really, who even out there was worth that kind of money? I mean, would you would you have even had, say hypothetically the Kings had the cap space, right? I wouldn't have wanted them to pay Tristan Jari six million or whatever the Penguins ended up giving him to keep him, you know, like that's. I don't think that's money well spent necessarily. No. And and ditto for Corpusalo, who I liked. Right. And he got a deal that I mean I, I thought that would be yeah, I wouldn't want that deal if the Kings gave him that deal, quite frankly. So it is what it is. This is who we got, and hopefully that they stay healthy enough and the team in front of them plays well enough where the results bear out. And then we'll see what happens, like you said, as the season goes on. Trevor Lewis. Oh, you okay? You want to go Louis style? That's fine. That's okay. We I mean, we gotta back, talk baby. about Trevor. Yeah, I mean, he he'll be fine, right? Right? He's gonna be on the fourth line, most likely. Right. I mean, I swear to God, if he's on the right side of Fiala <laughs> and and Dubois, then we're gonna have like, then I'll raise my voice. You know, never what I mean? never but, count out Trevor Lewis moving up and down the lineup. It's a Swiss Army yeah, knife, and never count out. Todd McClellan's disdain for Arthur Kelly. That's right. That's right. And his and his belief in his veterans. But no, I, I obviously I expect him to be with Lozada and Grundstrom and maybe Anderson Dolan coming in and out. Um maybe, I don't know. Like again, yeah. where the Kings are going to be playing over the cap the entire season. So there's gonna be a whole lot of up and down paper right. transactions all year. Right, so right, right. And right. especially when they go on the road, that's when it's gonna get really tricky. Like back-to-backs on the road and stuff like right. that like you're not gonna have time to you know to make those little fake moves so yeah i hope he can help the pk because lord knows we need it he's he's kind of always been a career solid penalty killer the kind of a guy who's willing to do whatever it takes put his body on the line penalty killing cliches he's the guy right? like he's always done that so if he can help that you 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 get another cup winner on your roster or fourth line minutes, great. Especially when your top nine now is going to be so loaded that you might even eat some fourth line minutes at this point because mm-hmm. you got to play these three lines now. You got to kind of distribute them almost evenly. You got big ticket players on each line, so I think it's a uh, it's fine. <laughs> it's another fine signing by Rob Blake. Yeah. I, I agree. I think if nothing else, giving him PK time, which is his bread and butter, totally fine with it. Nice to have another veteran leader who obviously is near and dear to a lot of Kings fans' hearts and near and dear to a lot of guys in that locker room. I think it's a good character signing that can be helpful in the uh, on the roster as well, I would say. Um. I don't think there were anyone else on the forward side of things of, I mean, there was a bunch of other guys that were signed that I think are mostly Ontario bound. So, you know, you, you can look into those, but I think 
Trevor Lewis is the one that we expect to make the NHL roster. On the defense side of things, uh, Andreas Englund comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, left-hand D, likely designated for the third pairing. Uh, this was interesting to me because this was a two-year deal. It's the only guy that the Kings signed this offseason for a two-year deal. Um, big guy, played NHL minutes uh, last year, mostly in Colorado. Uh, physical, uh, stay-at-home uh, is kind of his, you know, that's the that's the read on him. Basically, I'd be lying to you if I told you I've, I've seen a lot of Andres England scouting video or anything like that. But that's the that's kind of the description that we're seeing here. Well, so it is uh, interesting. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say there's one video of Andres well, uh, England. Yeah, I've, I know. Yeah, I've seen a lot. <laughs> yeah, and then that's when he that's when he lit up. Alex Hurcott in the AHL got suspended for one game for it when he was playing for Colorado. So that's the one highlight. So immediately, and I think this was everybody, right, on Ching's Twitter. And I think that was your first reaction is like, oh, the guy who wrecked our number five overall pick. (laughs) That guy. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big physical player. I think he's a, I don't know if there's layers or dimensions to his game. I think he's kind of a bruiser type that'll just, maybe eat up some minutes on the bottom pair gives you that left shot, I guess, versus not versatility, but you need that versatility in your lineup. Just someone who can shoot left because otherwise you're staring directly at Toby Bjornfoot, who has not yet made anyone comfortable with him kind of taking a bottom pairing role for 82 games. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's accurate. It's accurate. And I think the other point is that, We've, we've talked about this a little bit, is that the Kings don't really have any nasty in the lineup. I think they they tried to find it in ways with Lemieux initially and then McEwen, and they don't have any nasty in the defensive core, for sure. Yeah. You know, Gavrikov is a big body, but he's not he's – not, gonna hurt anyone or or you know scare anyone per se with his physical presence and, and hitting and stuff and so i think especially remembering how things were against the oilers a little bit um i felt like i think a lot of people did that they got pushed around a bit and so maybe just maybe just having a guy that you can put out there on the third pairing and feel like hey even if he's not necessarily uh, a higher level of player he's going to punish some dudes in front of the net and, and maybe, maybe that helps add a little bit of grit and muscle to the lineup. And that's worth it. And I think that's probably the thinking on the signing too. Sometimes it's right. that simple. Yeah. six three, hundred eighty nine 189 pounds, solid guy. Seems like, and um, just looking through some of his numbers here, um, mostly played in Ottawa. Actually, wasn't wasn't terrible in Ottawa. You know, he, he was exactly what you want him to be. I guess like there and invisible. That's what you want guys like this to be: big, there, invisible. If he does that, that's a that's a great game for him. I think in my mind. Sure. <laughs> that's all <laughs> I got about Andreas Eklund. Yeah, it's like I swear, man. It's 
<laughs> this UFA class. It's just I mean, it's, it's 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 like pulling teeth just just trying to analyze the signings, you know what I mean? Like Yeah. Here's what it comes down to, man. It's bodies. Like it's bodies who could play in the NHL in in the limited role. Yeah. I think you saw a lot of that around the league. I mean, the 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 flat cap, lots of $775,000 yeah. contract. Yeah, seven, seven, mean, seven, five everywhere. Yeah, I, I I don't think I've seen that number thrown out as much as... And you saw a lot of guys get a lot less money than than you expected them Absolutely, to. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Some some free agents like getting a fraction of probably what they would have been able to get had the cap not been flat. Yeah. it's It was just that kind of summer, man. And I think a lot of GMs approach free agency very carefully and just kind of... Everyone just did their best. And if they had a position of need, they overpaid like a couple of goaltenders we talked about. Ottawa specifically was like really, mm-hmm. when it came to Corpusala, was like really keen on signing a long-term goaltender, some kind of solution. And when you dip into this market with a flat cap, you can overpay for some people. Yeah. Co- there were a couple of instances of that. But I think a lot of the moves this offseason is just a lot of trades and a lot of bargain bin Hunting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even even looking past UFAs, the Kings resigning their RFAs, Anderson Dolan, who was initially not qualified with the intent, and I guess the intention being to just resign him at a lower deal than than what his qualifying offer would have been. I believe that that seven seventy five number ended up being a lower number than what his qualifying offer would have had to be as an RFA. Um, so. You saw a lot of that around, and I think that makes it interesting because I don't know if any teams that are contenders really got that much better. I think teams like Detroit, perhaps, that are on the cusp, and they signed a bunch of guys. Like That's a team that I look at, and I go, man, they got better. Do I think they're going to be a playoff team, or they're going to you know, be appreciably better in that division? No, but... That, those are the teams that were able to kind of capitalize, I think, on this situation because they were the only ones that really had the space to do anything like that. Yeah, I think uh, Carolina got better. That's the only one I could think of that's that was already a contender. Um, they overpaid for Orlov probably. Yeah, that's true. Um, and they're they still got... talking somehow about getting Carlson, which is wild. Yeah, I'm not completely familiar with their cap situation, but they got Michael Bunting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if I look at one team and I'm like off the top of my head today, I would put money on winning the cup again. It's Carolina. I was going to say, yeah, it's Carolina for sure. I I think Colorado had some nice under the radar stuff. I have to open it up and see. I I can't remember right now. It's it's Drew and Drew and Ryan Johansson to see. Yeah, it was an interesting trade. And then, you know, what was interesting also was Nashville. Like, I didn't I didn't fully understand. Like, Ryan O'Reilly, you, I think, you know, you and I have talked about this because your uh, distaste for Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne has been well documented. Yes. And, uh, and your boy, Barry, fresh off the poolside from Vegas, right. coming in and... I don't know what you guys talked about, <laughs> but clearly he got the message, buddy. He he, he yeah. leaned house and got rid of both of the dudes who you have 
I can I can attest to this for years, for years have talked about being just people you don't like players you don't like don't and, like them. And nope. uh, despite the numbers that they may put up, you have said these are guys that you're not going to win with. These are guys that you don't you don't want on your roster. And you and Barry must have had a couple rounds where he got it through because right man, when oh, man, I was walking away. I, I turned around and said, by the way, yeah, exactly. If, if in the future you end up GMing the natural predators, I yeah. highly advise you jettisoning these two guys and just re- that'll reshape your culture, Barry. See you later. Yep. And I'm and guessing he, heard- he just sat there till the sun went down and just stared at the water. That's, that's pretty <laughs> much what it was. And he planned his future for the next three years to somehow put him in this position yeah. So but those I think, two guys but are I do going. think all joking aside, I do think yeah, Nashville's yeah. thinking like it's a resetting the culture type of thing. Yes. And many people reported that or guessed that as well. And and seriously, man, you can't reset the culture better than getting rid of those two guys and bringing in guys like Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. Uh, I don't think this team's going anywhere, but that's what I mean, right? It's another one of these teams that are like, oh, man, look at these moves you made. And then you look and you go, I mean, that's great. You're, you're not going to, not really sure what the plan here is, but it's a, it's definitely a, an upgrade in, in a lot of ways. Right. And uh, good for Ryan O'Reilly. Guys like that. We off, we talked about the Kings going and getting a Ryan or- O'Reilly before the PLD trade, or maybe even after we were just discussing would that have been a better option. So obviously we think highly of a guy like that. And if if you wanted to have down the middle three two-way centers that are truly good Lord, tough to play against, that would have been what, something, but what you know. could have been it? No, wait, Hey, Hey, we turned the page. I'm, I'm mid turn. It's like, you know, the page is standing upright at the moment. We were turning that beautiful corner. Oh. Until this Velarde contract came up. We have to talk about that a little bit, don't we? Let's let's do it now. Let's do it now. So after much ballyhoo and speculation and... Bullshit. Even on... And bullshit, fine. Even on my part, or, or even wishful thinking, because that part of me honestly wished that it was a, it was a contract demand situation. That it was, he said he wouldn't. He needed a seven year deal. He he needed five million minimum, something like that, to make me be like, okay, this doesn't make this is this is ludicrous for him to demand that. I totally understand. All that goes out the window. He signs a very, very team friendly. Was it three point eight two five? No, man, like three point three point four, three point whatever it might be. It was some sub four number, okay. And I think when you and I were talking about it, we we're like, man, if he signs like an Adrian Kempe bridge deal, I'd be so happy. This is less than an Adrian Kempe bridge deal that he signed for two years with the Winnipeg Jets. So now I have to sit there. And and think to myself, yet again, why did this need to happen? And <laughs> and, and the answer always the, the only thing left is that the King's brass just had an absolute hard on for PLD. 
because nothing else makes sense anymore. I don't know why. I don't know why specifically this center when you could have potentially kept Velarde and brought in a Ryan O'Reilly or even a JT Comfort, two names that I kept bringing up over and over again, both guys who signed very reasonable deals that would not have required the Kings to reshape their roster that dramatically. Um, I think you, you know, Sean Dursey would still be gone. And I think we talked about that well before this offseason. Similarly, we had discussed Alex Iafolo likely had to be moved. If for no other reason, then he had a reasonable cap hit and he was in a roster spot that was holding back other younger guys like Velarde, like Kalia from being able to move up. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. That's where I'm at with it. I thought it was I thought it was good. And then that contract came out and again I'm I'm down this shitty shitty rabbit hole of not understanding why this deal had to happen. And the longer I have to wait in the off season to actually watch both Velarde and PLD play, the, the more I have time to just think about this stupid thing. I just I need the season to start so that I can actually see some results from Pierre-Luc Dubois to make me forget about this deal that I still do not like. Okay, that's... Right, yeah, done. no, that's fair, man. That's fair. It's... I under, Look, I understand. Like, oh, this is the last time we're talking about this shit. Until, until, until the season, season starts. And then, yes, un- and then I'm going to start talking about it all over again. I'm, I'm telling you guys, you know, fair warning. I think the Kings wanted this guy really bad. That's what it comes down to, dude. I think they just looked at it as an opportunity. Maybe they're, they were like trying to get Jack Eichel at the time and they lost out on that deal. We don't know these details. And maybe in his mind, Rob Blake was like, I'm not letting that shit happen again. Mm. I'm getting the young, potentially number one center that still has room to get better. And he's a 65 point guy now. I think that's what it was. And I think they were just like, whatever it takes. One thing I am happy about is that it kind of puts an end to this whole Gabe wanted the moon and there's no way Gabe was going to sign here because he wanted too much money. All this other stuff we read on Twitter. And I understand that because actually I take it as a sign that everyone loved the player. Mm Mm-hmm. To the point where they're now inventing reasons to dislike the player and taking, you know, making a mountain out of every molehill they find, like his comments, like right. <laughs> that he right. didn't like that LA was in a hockey town, which by the way is true. Um, <laughs> and, you know, just nitpicking basically. I- I'm happy that with each passing day that the real, the realization is coming that, hey, the Kings just wanted a guy. And they were willing to give up a good player to get that guy. That's okay. There's no reason to take a giant shit on Gabe Velarde on the way right. out to make right. yourself feel better. But you can still criticize a trade from a from a value for value and long term team effect contract salary et cetera et cetera. That's where I'm at with it. I'm I, this is similarly I'm not shitting on Pierre Luc Dubois as a player. Clearly, I, I want slash need him to be <laughs> as advertised, but I'm still just, I don't understand the trade. And 
I don't understand the need for making a trade like this um, when the team seemed like it was a few tweaks away from being better. Anyway, okay, I'm done. I'm done. No mas. Not until November. Not until November. Not right. until November. I'll be done. There you go. Um, let's talk I about a pot- left, John. Yeah, let's talk about a contract that didn't piss us off. Kopitar, Andre the Giant, two more That's years, right. seven million. Uh, obviously, this coming season he will still be in that. Ten million dollar bracket, whatever he'll still mm-hmm. be making that that good money for mm-hmm. one more year. But after that, we King sign him two years, uh, fourteen million dollars. So, I think you had brought up, and I thought it was a great comparable that you would have liked to have seen the Malkin extension number mm-hmm. for Kopitar. I I agree. I think maybe you said it so many times that I was <laughs> in my mind it was like six. It's gonna be six. Yeah. You know, or six and a half. Well, keep in uh, mind, Malkins is a three-year deal. Right. It's it's Kopi's is only longer. two. Yeah. 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 And that, that makes a huge difference. So I'm glad you brought that up, obviously. Yeah. Um, Malkin's older than Andre, too. So, um, but yeah, I mean, would I have liked it to be six? Sure. That would have been fine. But I mean, I didn't think it was going to be like four or five. Yeah. You know, we, we heard some fans be like, oh, he's going to take three. Like, yeah, man, he's going to take three when you can get eight and a half on the open market. He's right. going to take three. Right. So numbers aside, yeah, absolutely. He, this contract needed to happen, and yeah. I'm glad it did. And I, I think it uh, – I forget if it when, – when it ends, he's 39 or 40. Um, I think that's that's the appropriate length. And most likely, most likely – We'll take him right up to retirement, but who's to say? I mean, Joe Thornton kept signing one-year deals, you know, till, what was it, till he was 41. Um, so I think it just depends on what what Kopitar and his family want at that point. And uh, they decided that the two-year term is all they really wanted to commit to for the moment. And we'll see how it goes. But I'm I'm totally fine with that number. It's appropriate for him uh it's it's good for the team and again the cap will go up so you're gaining space both from a decrease in his contract and an increase in the cap so we will see what they do with that space going forward whether that will be spent on a goaltender yes um yes it will <laughs> yes it will it will but there's other guys you need contracts too right i mean uh, yes. arthur Kaliev, byfield byfield who again? You're Matt hoping Roy. both of them, Matt Roy in particular, yeah. um, Arvidsson will be a UFA. We'll see what they decide to do there. Um, there's there's a lot of things that um, will have to be followed this year, and will have contract implications for for next year and going forward. It's not just as simple as everyone signed, everything's good, all the numbers are good, and we're suddenly going to have cap space to spend on goaltending either. So. Uh, can I make one one small, cool little observation or comment on free agency stuff? Sure. Jonathan Quick getting yeah, a, feel a, good. a nice feel little good story. yeah a nice little backup role with the Rangers. I think that's great. Nice little boyhood dream back to New York. All I'll say is that if if his mask is anything but right. John Van Beesbrook on one side and Mike Richter on the other. It is a is a 
terrible missed opportunity. I think it's just got to be a straight Mike Richter tribute. Not and that's even okay B, too. Not even Beezer. Just take that mask and and just modernize just do that it. Lady, it's his hero. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, it's the guy he looked up to. Um, yeah, and how f- he's like fourteen wins away from. I got to double check this. That's tough, man. I yeah, mean, it's that's... tough when you're a backup and you're you couldn't even play. You know. Well, you're you're also backup to. Igor Shosturkin, you know, you're not like back up to, <laughs> I don't know. So quick is at he's second at mm-hmm. 375. Ryan Miller 391. Yeah. So it's yeah. 16, 17. Man, that's tough. That's not going to happen in one season. Happen. That's for no. sure. That's a guarantee. So yeah, I hope he plays long enough <laughs> where he's just kind of creeping up to it. I don't know how many years that would take, but yeah. I think that's a that's a two year situation, because you know, especially if you're playing backup, the Rangers they're gonna have their fair share of games against the Montreals of the world, and uh, you know, those would be good nights to let Shostak can get his rest. But that's that seems like at least two seasons, at least, at yeah. least, which is not impossible. So I, it's not, it's not. So let's let's hope for the best for him because I think that'd be a really cool accomplishment. Absolutely. Yeah. deserving so yeah i was happy about that too i hope he ends his career there if it's more than one season yeah um let's see another quick topic i suppose the draft kings obviously did not have a first round pick and uh with their second round pick was a 54th overall they took uh dvorak i'm forgetting his first name now and i have to look it up sorry um but uh, again, all indications are a large left-handed D-man yep. from Czechia. It's and Jakub. Jakub, there it is. Any any relation to Radic <laughs> that we're aware of? I'm or sure Christian like a, or... There's like a, no. There's been many Dvoreks, so yeah. I don't know. Um, there's been quite a few. So It's probably like the Johnson of, of Czech names. Right. And it's I'm just Smith. Being, it's just Smith. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um uh but they did take a goaltender. The Kings did take uh a Hunter I'm going to butcher the last name. Sukinski? Did I get that right? What do you think? All right, dude. No thanks. I'm it's all <laughs> no, you. Just going to bow out on that one. All right, yeah, but cool. that sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah. Um high school goalie, so young. You want to talk project with goaltending. Almost all goalie, you know, prospects are projects, but this is a longer one than most. Um but we'll see. We'll see if this uh, this ends up being a more promising long-term thing. Certainly no one expects him to jump in and play NHL games. I don't think anytime within the next five years. <laughs> that's, that's, I feel like that's, that's the minimum timeline here. But vindication for me and sadness at the same time. <laughs> that's right, brother. With, with you, Hot Cola, going to... The NHL's premier, you know, goaltending goalie, goalie factory. factory. Yeah, yeah, that is uh, the Nashville Predators. So I, I take a little bit of uh, vindication in knowing that Nashville recognized the talent that I was rooting for. Can't think of a better stamp of approval than I being mean, drafted seriously. by the Nashville Predators. Seriously, seriously. So, so let's see. Let's hope for so, the best. So, here. congrats and sorry. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Anytime, yeah. <laughs> 
would have been nice. Dev Camp, we can. Brent Clark's amazing, and we can't wait Brent, to see him. Yeah, that's all I cared about. Like uh, we were, we were thinking or had the opportunity to go to Dev Camp and maybe, um, kind of cover it from a media end, but our schedules were not in our favor on that one. And honestly, like I was just gonna go gush about Brand Clark anyway. I don't know if I would have focused on you know obviously Pinelli too and and these videos that the Kings are putting out from Dev Camp where, where those guys are mic'd up by the way are tremendous mm-hmm. and I and I recommend everyone watch them. Um, they're fun and it gives you <laughs> and it gives you a really good read on the personalities these kids have. And I really wish the Kings did more of this stuff, man. Do it for training camp. Do it for. Yeah practice every day like you look at the media press the oilers online presence is so impressive to me Hmm. even though they have like this paid subscription nonsense where you have to pay eight bucks a month to to get oilers content although they kindly offered us a free trial they're so they're so you know so generous nice olive branch there (laughs) um but like i think the king's online presence can be dramatically better if they just kind of put the resources into it. And I understand why they wouldn't in this market. Uh, but as a fan, it just, I just kind of wish there was more of this stuff because you know, they have some of the best in terms of production working there. So right. Just right. Not maybe not utilizing it to that, to that degree, unfortunately. And, and, you know, we're missing opportunities to learn vital things. Like apparently Jordan Spence's nickname is Spenny. Spenny, didn't yeah. know that. Yep, that's that's <laughs> important. That's what that's what Brent Clark called him. <laughs> Said Spenny really leans into <laughs> right the hardest shot. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, check those out. Good stuff. Really enjoyed yeah. it. So, yeah. uh, we went back to the mailbag. Yes. So we're gonna run through some questions. Thank you guys for asking. Thank you guys for interacting. Keep them coming. We as usual, we got some good ones, and as usual, I think we got another seven or eight pack from Richard Sarabia. <laughs> He's the Riddler out here. Just asking, <laughs> asking <those> questions. <laughs> uh, the Riddler, Richard. I love That's it. That's right. We're gonna start with Richard. Should the Kings be involved in an outdoor game? Start with that one. Um, man, don't. This is not a reflection on your question, Richard. It's a good question. I just don't care. Like, if it happens, great. But, like, I'm not yearning for a Kings outdoor game. Like, it doesn't even really cross my mind. I think a part of that is because the the mystique or the specialness of it has faded over the years. Would I... I haven't been to one yet. So, if the Kings did one where I would be able to go, for that reason, I will, I'll probably say it would be cool if they do it. But overall, I'm not a big I, like I. It's not going to change anything for me. Yeah, I, I stopped watching almost all the outdoor games. I'll tell you which one I did watch because it was kind of cool, or at least for like ten minutes. Was the uh, Colorado one, uh, right off Lake Tahoe, just because I thought that was just that was that was when, it against Boston I when forget, Belmar thought they were going to play on Lake on Tahoe. the lake. <laughs> that was <good>. amazing, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was kind of cool so i think that would be the cool thing like i think i think stadiums have have lost their mystique to me a little bit um 
I think the ones that made me interested are the ones where it's like a true outdoor setting like that. It's like, man, this doesn't make any sense, but this is gorgeous, right? Like, so if they decide that they're going to play in Alberta on like a frozen lake with mm. mountains and st- or like, or even like, like in Salt Banff. Lake- yeah, what a or, bath, like, baby. Let's or like go. Or, or Salt Lake City out there yeah, somewhere, yeah. like something cool like that. Then that would be cool. But um, I, I I agree with you. It doesn't mean much to me anymore. If the, the Kings have had their two, I'm good. I'm I'm good. Go for it. When will the NHL stop being on the Canadian team's nuts when it comes to winning the Stanley Cup, dude? I don't think they are. I think just the Canadian teams are on their own nuts. Yeah, really... I think Gary. I think Gary loves this shit. I think yeah. he loves it when Vegas, <laughs> Vegas is in oh, the final. Oh, are you kidding me? It totally vindicates him. So I don't know if it's an NHL NHL no, thing. I'm... I think I think if you're listening to Canadian media or like TSN or you're watching TSN Sportsnet, it's always going to come up every year just because they're in their own kind of bubble. It's like the NHL is weird like that, right? Where it's like two countries have yeah. such such a footprint on the game. Yeah. So I don't think the NHL does. I think it's just media. Yeah. And I think anytime a team like Vegas wins, it amplifies that message from these, you know, long yearning places like Vancouver and Toronto, where they start talking about, they don't deserve it as if somehow it's not Canadian players playing in these, in these teams, you know, yeah, weirdos. Um, okay. Keep going. Do we need to change our logo anytime soon? I think we always talk about this. Yeah. We don't love the Kings logo currently, the, the main crest. Um, but it is a championship logo now, even though yes. we're going on a decade since that last happened. I think we've talked about, you can keep these as the primaries. Just make sure you're always rotating some new or, you know, what's old is new. I should say stuff as alternates. And, and I kind of, tweeted something about aesthetics talking about the kings are are doing something i don't know if you saw this Vardy, but yeah did. they're doing something they don't know what and they can't really confirm it but it, it might be branding something new so we'll see i think one thing the kings have shown is that they're always willing to to try some stuff mm-hmm. and then final one from this tweet which rookie on the kings is the best chance at winning the calder so be uh, short I'm- uh, I will say none because Connor Bedard's going to win that Calder. If anyone has a shot, yeah, there's only one guy who has a shot, in That's my right. opinion, and it's Brian Clark. He's yeah. got to play a lot of games though, and I don't know what what the plan is there. Yeah, I don't. I don't see them throwing him into the kind of role where he's solidly in the lineup for 82 games, playing 20 minutes. Plus, he's a defenseman, man. That's that's tough. That's. I mean, yes, you had your year of Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes kind of going neck and neck, but this year's rookie class is going to be just yeah. bonkers. So I, I wouldn't between Bedard and Fantilli alone, you, you're, you're tough sledding. So. Okay. Uh, if, and when the Kings make it past the first round of the playoffs and PLD has a huge impact, will you guys feel differently about the trade? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's the whole point of this, right? Like you did this whole thing because you thought that PLD was going to be a difference maker enough and uh, change the lineup dynamics enough that it's going to actually get you past the first round of the playoffs. However, however, I will reserve, I will say this, that I don't think you can look at this as a one season thing. I think the, the contract that he signed is so large and so significant in length that the impact of it will be in my mind, will be judged for the duration 
of the deal and what type of progress he makes. Because if he remains a 60 point guy at 8.5 million for the duration of his contract, that's, that's a bad deal still in my mind. Yeah. But I mean, the key to your question, Richard is if the Kings get past the first round and PLD has a huge impact, right? Those two things, him having a huge impact, first of all, it ha- he would have to, right, for the Kings to, to get over the hump. But if for whatever reason the Kings get over the hump and he's non-existent, then I don't know. My answer yeah. might change. Yeah. Um, how effing insane will September be when training camp starts? Not sure what exactly you mean by that, but, dude, new season's always exciting. So we're going to be amped, yeah. as, as we've said. Um should the Kings get an official dog like other teams? No, but wow, I will was... say, I mean, well, you know, come on. <laughs> You're probably better off, Richard, directing all your dog questions to Jesse Cohen. He's the man. You know what? Here's what I'm going to say. They shouldn't get a dog. They should get a Falcon. Get a team Falcon. That'll that'll send a message through the rest of the league that we're, we're not messing around. We've got a bird of prey here. Different team. We're good. I don't know how to respond to any of this. You don't. A falcon don't. for the a, Los Angeles a, a Kings. team so. falcon. All right. Well, it's there you have fa- it, Richard. Falconing is, a, falconing is a royal activity. It makes total sense. I'm sorry. Falconing? Falconing. It's a thing. Yeah, It's a thing. You're, Look it up. See, this is what rich people do, guys. <laughs> they know these things. <laughs> okay. Uh, forgive me um, if I mess up your name. Yossi Shamaria, uh, how confident are you in the Kings' ability to make the playoffs? And if they do, to go further than one round. I think they make the playoffs. I think we'll get into it more when we do our season preview. I'd be If they don't make the playoffs, it is such a failure. A, no, man. I mean, it's just... That, that's a blow-it-up scenario. Unless there's, a, unless there's like a huge injury, you right, know, right, right, knockwood. Right. You're losing... Kopitar for the majority of the season or some situation like that that completely derails the team if this team with how much progress they've made in the last couple of seasons and the giant swings that they have taken to bring a guy like PLD and misses the playoffs it is an unmitigated disaster so we'll say we're confident they're going to make the playoffs are we confident they're going to go further than one round it's just hard to tell man matchups matter you got to see kind of how the team is gelling <clears throat> on paper it's easy to pick but as Dustin Brown said that's why we play the games you got to play the games to see I think one thing I will say I think the Kings can win the division if if things break right and if you win the division you get a favorable matchup so in theory anyway yeah. um, so we'll have to kind of see Carter Rubin what do you think Todd will do with a defense other than 44-8 84-3 and relatedly what do you think he should do um, I think he's going to keep the top four the way he closed out the playoffs in the season. I don't know. I th- I think Clark, for me personally, Clark starts on the right side of the bottom pair. Um, and probably Bjornfoot starts the season. I'm going to say Bjornfoot-Clark Bjorn start the season as the bottom pair. England? I think Bjornfoot is going to start the season. And I could be wrong. But so that's that's possible. Um, the thing that to consider is that so Bjornfoot again is waiver eligible. Not that I'm I'm like oh my god, people are waiting for the Kings to put you know Bjornfoot on waivers to try to send him down to Ontario just to snatch him up. But still, first round pick defenseman. 
So yeah. there's always that potential. Um, Spence, I believe, does not have to clear waivers, and and Clark no, he can start just, in the AHL, yeah, right. And Clark obviously can can clear waivers too. So um, I think that that might be something to consider. Um, you basically got four guys looking for two spots, and uh, I think it could break m- many different ways. And I don't think that that third pairing is set for the entire year either. I think there's going to be a lot of up and downs, obviously keeping in mind that Bjornfoot, you know, they'd be risking him every time they sent him up and down. Well, every 30 days, I guess, they sent yeah. him up and down. Yeah. Uh, Brent, Brett Karsten's asked similar Spence Clark or both. I don't think he can. I, they're not going to get they're both. They're just right, yeah. You've yeah, got, it's you just, got two left-handed D and two right-handed D battling for two spots. Right. So logic dictates one of each. Uh, I, for me, it's Clark, you know. Uh, yeah. Who's who's on your opening roster? I mean, if you mean up and down, I think the top nine is pretty much there. I think Kaliev makes it, I think, obviously. I think Grunstrom, Lazat, Lewis, and I, like I mentioned, Bjornfoot and Clark for me probably yeah. is how these... Jad's your extra forward probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Play it out. What surprise trade will Rob Blake make before the season? I don't think he will. That's I think, it. I think this is probably it. I think he's all traded out. Who's going to be the Kings fans whipping boy this season? I think Grunstrom's got some solid potential. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope it's not Dubois. Let's just say that. Uh, don't yeah, be that's... Dubois. And don't be Kaliev. Man, Kaliev's in prime whipping boy position. Yeah, and I think my number one answer is Byfield. That's a good one too. It's the whipping boy. He's already they're already whipping him now. Right. And right. you know anything less than like a forty point season, I think. Yeah, everyone's just gonna blame the child on the team. Yeah, I think the whipping boy rankings is uh is directly correlated with expectation. You know, so what is bound to irritate you about the coaching this season? I think we've kind of talked about it. Adjusting to things. Uh, I I still can't believe the Kings were playing a one three one when they were down five to two. <laughs> In game five, I can't, I can't unsee that in my head. It just blows my mind. Like, and I remember Dominic Moore, who was covering the game, was saying the same things. Like, what he was almost like WTFing on there. Like, dude, yeah. you're down by three, and you're dumping it in, and you're setting up your defense. Yeah, you're almost begging for a hot mic moment there. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's that'll irritate me for sure. Yeah. I think I think that's important, right? Like if if Todd's finally going to be a coach who wins the cup, that's that's been kind of the last hurdle for him is his inability to adjust in a seven game series. That's held him back for every team that he has coached with some very dramatically sad results. Some at our hands, actually. So the best one in our hands. The best ones. Uh, Tristan in the OC. Do you think our team can beat the franchise regular season points record? How far are the boys going in the playoffs this season? Um, yeah, I think they could. There's no reason they can't um, match the all-time record, which is like, what is it, 106? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they were right there last season, and they did it, like we mentioned, the first few months, goaltending was below league average. Gavrikov 
really solidified things after the trade deadline. Now you got three three lines that in theory should be humming. Yeah, I think they can do it. Will they? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anything to add to that? Nope. No, I mean I I don't think I don't think the regular season matters to them anymore. If I'm being honest, I think yeah, I think that's true. That's a good I think point they too. just care about solidifying a playoff spot and and focusing their energies purely on what they do in the playoffs when they get there. Which brings us to the second part about what far, how yeah. far are they going in the playoffs this season? I'm, I, I can't even speculate. I really can't. I, I, I know that's a cop out of an answer, but I really can't because the goaltending, the, the adjustments. There's too many question marks, and if they get a Vegas or Edmonton matchup again, yeah, there's, there's. You know what, Tristan? Let's get crazy. Western oh, Conference man. Final. You're, you're leaning in. All right. No, no, no. Well, this is a this is a July. Yeah. I'm trying to be optimistic. We'll revisit this in the All season right. preview. Right. We'll see if I there still feel the same way about that. From Green King Twenty Five, some solid questions here. Will Will Todd McClellan be given an extension? In my opinion, I think he will not be our coach after this season. The Kings need a coach who will allow young players to grow. If the Kings get off to a slow start. He could be gone by Christmas. Then the Kings will hire Bruce Boudreau. I think here's the thing. The Kings need a coach who will allow younger players to grow. I don't see many young players anymore. This is a veteran team now. For better or worse, you look at this lineup, this is a veteran team with some mm-hmm. young players. They were a young team two seasons ago. They are no longer a young team. So um, I don't know. Like, this, is it even relevant to say the Kings need a coach who will need young? Yeah, players I mean, there's really? there's no young players in any position of importance, quite frankly. Well, first, well, line no, no. But my point is, like, that's not. They're kind of just throwing them there. It's different than being like, oh, Quinton Byfield has been brought in to be our franchise center of the future, and we're going to give him rope to to fail as a second line center. Right, like they they looked at that as an option and decided that they feel much better putting him on a line with Kopitar and Kempe, and having him be, you know, <laughs> protected. Quite frankly, with those guys, so you're not you're not throwing any young guys out there into the wolves. You're not you're not even, you know, your your young defensemen are going to be on your third pairing. So no one is being leaned on here. No one is expecting anything from the young guys at all. And I don't think that's a that's a product of Todd McClellan's coaching style. I think that's a product of a cohesive thought process from management that we are no longer waiting for these young guys to develop into anything. If it happens, it happens. But they would just as soon as – I mean, look, they're clearly not shy about getting rid of guys who aren't doing what they want them to do. So – Who's to say they can't eventually do the same with guys like Caliab and Byfield? So, or Todd McClellan, or Todd McClellan. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so yeah, if they if they if it's another first round exit, I think you got to really look at the extension and, and question it. So, it's all based on results, man. Will he be given an extension? Will if you're asking mid season? I don't know. Like if if you're saying by Christmas, if they're off to a slow start, he could be fired. If they're on fire, he could be extended by Christmas. So, not sure. I don't think Bruce Boudreaux is the answer. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you're, I mean, I don't think there's anyone out there that's, with all due respect, and I, again, we've talked about this before, that maybe McClellan's the coach before the coach, but I don't know who the coach 
you know, there's no, what's a better option out there? I don't think Bruce Boudreaux is a better option. I think Bruce Boudreaux is just Todd McClellan with a different suit, in my opinion. <laughs> I agree. So. And that's that's the mailbag, guys. Thank you. We love it. Thanks for your questions, thoughtful questions. And we'll keep doing this, especially along the summer. So yep. um, what episode are we on, Vardy? Well, this is episode 104. No. This, see, I'm. Uh, I feel okay about this for one reason. One guy kind of has taken that number since 1989. That's right. So that's right. So that's good. That bodes well. And I know one other one. So, so I'm hoping. <laughs> so here's something weird. And I, I'm sure this is some sort of weird glitch or a preseason thing or something or another. But like when you open up Hockey Reference, it says Rob Blake 1990 to 2008. And then for some reason, it's got Jim Fox in 1990, and then has Vlad Gavrikov in 2023, which clearly makes no sense whatsoever. So I, I, I don't know what the origin of that is, but, uh, there you yeah, go, but there you go, buddy. I gave yeah. you, I gave you one answer there already. So there's Rob Blake. <laughs> Sorry. Well, Jim Fox is correct. Okay. Jim Fox is the correct. He wore number four in his last few games that he played because Larry Robinson was wearing his number mm, 19. There you go. <clears throat> Fox, he was injured. And when he finally get, came back from his knee injuries, he took number four, not going to take number 19 from the big there bird. You um, so that's two. The other one I know is Doug Crossman. That's right. In 1989. Yep. So I know the last three that were the number four. I do not know anyone else. All right. So let's work backwards from Doug Crossman then. We had Eric Germain in mm, 1988. The germ. I, I don't know. This, I'm just, okay, great. Jeremy, no, probably. No idea. No idea. Uh, Grant Ledyard in 86 to 88. Okay, that's a name. Ken Hammond in 1986. So Ken Hammond has worn every goddamn number <laughs> so, <laughs> from two to four. There you go. The man okay. loves his low numbers. Uh, Russ Anderson, 84 to 85. Uh, Jerry Korab, 81 to 83. Randy Holt, 79 to 80. Mm. Brian Glennie, 1979. Dave Hutchinson, 75 to 78. Dave Hutchinson, big man. Yep. yep. He he can he can he could throw down, my friend. Anyway, carry on. Uh Gills Moreau, 1970 to 1974. Uh Dale Hoganson, 1970. Jim Murray, 1968 hey, to 1970. Frenchy Lemieux. That's right. And then Brent Hughes in 1968. And those are all of the number fours in yes, King's history. Just to clarify, when I said Frenchy Lemieux, I wasn't being discriminatory. That was actually his nickname in That's 1968. Highly original. That's a Jack 19- Kent Cook crea- creation, if I ever saw one. Oh, man. <laughs> That's right. So, so you you weren't being a bigot, Jack Kent Cook was. <laughs> no, he was. He's a world class bigot. <laughs> yeah, well known, well acknowledged. Yeah. Come on. Um, all right, man. Well, uh, any any parting thoughts? Any uh, last minute things? Just just that. Hopefully, we'll get we'll keep it going uh, every two weeks. We got a list episode, I'm sure, coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, our favorite August tradition. We'll see. We'll see what we come up with. You know, maybe we'll maybe we'll have a third list on that show. Don't know. Maybe That's we'll right. figure maybe we'll figure out how to get that going. But uh yeah, it's gonna get sleepy guys, but we'll try to make it fun for you. All right. 
thanks everyone. Thanks for listening as always. Uh, please like, subscribe, uh, keep the reviews coming, keep the questions coming, even though, like we said, there might not be much to question. We'll see you when we see you. Go Kings, go. You've been listening to The Bannerman, an LA Kings podcast.